0: Senior Adult Sunday. I love it. Do we, by chance, have that uh, video? Y'all check this out. Um, I think a senior adult is like somebody who's a grandparent or a great-grandparent or somebody. Mm, An old person. (laughs) I think a senior adult is... um, a, like, um, a grandma or a grandpa. I think it's senior is a little special because, like, they've been in show for a long time and, like, they worked here. They've really done a lot of work and stuff like that. Maybe 60 or 70. When I'm a senior adult, I think I'm going to be old. How old do you think you'll be? 62. 62. Um, 81. I'm 108. Um, stay home and eat a bunch of Milky Ways. Sleep. Anything else? <laughs> Sleep. Play bowling, vigil games, checkers, and other games like that. Hmm. Sit in their chair and watch Netflix like my grandmother does. Hmm. Happy Senior Adult Sunday. Happy Senior Adult Sunday. Happy Senior Adult Day. yes out of the mouths of our very own out of the mouths of our very own see i told some of you at the breakfast this morning i'm going to challenge you that you think you're a senior adult ain't none of y'all 108 years old so none of y'all qualify we still got a ways to go but uh so if you're thinking i don't know if i'm a senior adult if you're not 108 in macy's eyes you're not a senior adult so this day is not for you and you don't have to worry about it. But this morning we're going to be looking at God's word together uh, at a at a passage. It's not written to senior adults, but this morning we're going to look at it in the context of senior adults. I uh, am not a senior adult. Uh, when I was in student ministry, I was. Uh, when I transitioned over, I wasn't. So uh, so it's good. This morning I've been called a young person at least seven times, and I feel really good about it. Uh, so we're going to go with it. But this morning I'm going to invite you to turn to Second Thessalonians. Uh, if you've been been with us on Wednesday nights we've been walking through first Thessalonians and the goal is to end up walking all the way through first and second Thessalonians. Um, So we're going to jump a little bit ahead of ourselves on Wednesday night. We're going to talk about second Thessalonians today, but we're going to be in chapter two of second Thessalonians. This morning I have basically real simple. This morning I want to talk about four things Westmead needs from our senior adults. We're going to look at four things that Westmead Baptist Church needs from our senior adults. Uh, So this morning, as we walk through God's Word, again, I know this isn't a passage written to senior adults. Actually, this is a passage that Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica, right, Ross? Thessalonica? Thank you. He always corrects me on my pronunciation. Uh, Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica. Uh, This is the second letter he wrote to them. Paul greatly loved the Thessalonian church. He loved the people that made up the church in Thessalonica. Uh, And all throughout his writings, 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians, Paul is pointing to the work that still needs to be done in the church. He's encouraging them, uh, he's reminding them of things, but he's constantly pointing to, hey, but but don't give up, because these things, there's still work to be done in the church. So as we look at this context, I, I understand and I submit to you that the, the context we're looking at is Paul is writing to a church. He's encouraging them about what they're doing. They're a young church full of young believers, but they're growing in their faith. They're growing in their relationships, and he's trying to encourage them, hey, keep going. There's still work to be done. But this morning, we're going to look at the text that he wrote to this church, and we're going to put it in the context of senior adults. And we're going to look at four things Westmead needs from our senior adults. So let's just dive right in. The first thing is this. Westmead needs our senior adults to be an example of God's faithfulness. Westmead needs our senior adults to be an example of God's faithfulness. Let's look at the text, beginning in verse 13 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. This is what Paul writes. He says, But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters loved by the Lord, because God chose you as the firstfruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you and pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people for not everyone has faith, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. Such an encouraging part of his letter that he's writing to this church. Uh, just before this passage started in verses 9 through 12, he talks about the wickedness that's around them. And Thessalonica was a very important city, a port city that had a lot of different influences coming through that area. And he was reminding them to be on their guard against the wickedness of the world. But then he, he, he follows that up with reminding them to stand firm, reminding them of their faith, reminding that it's worth it. So this morning, we're going to take some elements out of here and look at what our church needs from our senior adults. And the first one is that, be an example of God's faithfulness. Look in verse 13. The last words in that verse are belief in the truth. But before he gets that, he says, but we ought always to thank God for you. Now, in my life, I'm a direct influence. My faith is a direct influence by the, the senior adults that God has put in my life. I remember when I was in Uh, I don't know what I guess kindergarten pre-k I had the same exact Sunday school teacher Miss Millie uh, as I was growing up as a child all the way up through first grade Uh, and then I remember my third grade teachers they were all senior adults and I know some of y'all sitting there thinking maybe if you're a senior adult thinking like ain't no way I'm teaching third grade I'm not asking you to, I'm just telling you part of my story. Uh, I can tell you all throughout as I grew up in children, in teenage ministry, even in college ministry, there were senior adults that God placed in my life to show me what it looked like to live out my faith. Even in our previous church in South Carolina, one of our, our main student ministry volunteer was in her 80s. She didn't miss a single trip, she didn't miss a single retreat, she didn't miss anything. She was the first one to show up, not just with her bag and pillow, but her air mattress because she wanted to go on it. There are senior adults that are making a huge difference in the lives of people, not just students and children, but other adults all the way around. And this is where we should stop and remember to thank God for those people. Now, some of you are sitting here thinking, you know, I haven't had a lot of senior adult influence in my life. Again, I know it's Senior Adult Sunday, but the text is talking to a larger audience. Think to the people that God put in your life to greatly impact and influence you in your faith. They pushed you a little bit harder so you could take that next step in growing in your relationship with Christ. They comforted you with words from God's word or words of experience that God placed them through because of the experiences they had. Think of the people that God has placed in your life that has had a direct influence on your relationship with Jesus. Because that's what Paul is saying here to this church He says, we give thanks to God for you. And not because of who you are and you're just this wonderful, awesome Thessalonican church. But he's given thanks to them because of what God has taught him through this group of people. He's giving thanks to God because of God's influence in their lives. In other words, they allowed God to use them to influence and impact and minister to Paul. So just for a minute, just think about it. Who are the people that have been influencers in your life. And many of us might say our mom or our dad or both, maybe a grandparent. But think outside of those box. Think outside of those confines. Who is it that's been pouring into you? And when was the last time you went to the Father specifically just to thank God for the influence that he had in your life through those people. It's no coincidence that you were in Miss Millie's Sunday school class or that you were under the tutelage of somebody who had been there and done it before that were poured into you. He starts off by saying to thank God for these people. You see, God loves people. God loves using people who believe that God loves using people. God loves using people who believe that God loves using people. Those are the people Paul's given thanks for. This morning, that is how I can give thanks for the senior adults in this church is because they're a group of people that believe God loves using people. We celebrated, we talked about this earlier, we celebrated 50 years of Westmead last year and a number of the people that were here getting that church started are in this congregation. That God didn't just raise them up for such a time as then, but to continue to sustain it and to invest in it and to pour into it and to serve in it and to love in it all the way up to it. And we're always, in the church, we're always in the process of passing off that baton. We should give thanks, not just for these people, for what God has done through these people in our lives. Spoiler alert, you didn't get where you are on your own. So it's time for us to look around and say, you know what, I am so thankful that God used them in such a way when I needed it most. So when we not just thank God for them, but look at how they live to see that they stand on, that they believe in the truth. To be an example of God's faithfulness, first is believing the truth. And secondly, look what he says here in verse 14. He called you to this through our gospel, that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. One of the things I love about Paul's writings, particularly in these two books, is he's constantly pointing them forward to the day that the glory of the Lord is real in person, in sight. He's reminding them of the glorious future that they have. Church, I'm gonna echo Paul's words if you're in Christ, there is a glorious future awaiting. It is free from sin. It is free from sorrow. It is free from mourning. It is free from hurt. It is free from pain. And it doesn't bother you to get out of bed in the mornings. It is a good future that God has in store for us to actually be in his presence and seeing and experiencing his glory. Church, as Paul reminds them, I remind you, let's do not lose sight of that. Because when we do, we lose the flavor behind the gospel we're called to share. If we forget the future God has for us in his presence, then what good are we? It's kind of like we talked about in Sunday school this morning. That salt done lost its saltiness. And it's nothing good but to be thrown out and trampled. Church, let's not forget that he holds the future. And this is what's really cool about this. That when we see this in verse 14, what's the first two words? He called I love the fact that our future is secure because of what God has done. It's not about what Justin has done. It's not based on what Westmead has done. Matter of fact, the people you thought about a minute ago, of the impact they made in your life, your future's not even dependent on them and whether or not you wisely use the investment they made in you. Your future is secure because of who God is and what God has done. So senior adults, the first thing Westmead needs from you, is to be an example of God's faithfulness. Because if anybody has seen this, if anybody has seen the truth of the reminder of the glory of God that awaits, if anybody has seen the truth of knowing what you believe and standing firm in believing that God uses people that believe God uses people, then we start seeing the evidence of Christ in your life when you hold this to this truth and you walk in this pattern. And a lot of what we're talking about here deals with our past. A lot of what we're looking at here is what we've done, what we've leaned on, what's got us to this point. It's easy to say, be an example of God's faithfulness, because the response is, well, how do I do that? How do I be an example of God's faithfulness? You show us the things you went through and walked through, and then in that, we see God's faithfulness when you tell us about it. When you're leading us to understand God's faithfulness in your life, we embrace what you're teaching us but church that it doesn't stop there, that we turn around and we begin investing in the people behind us to do the same exact thing. We cannot be a church of baby birds. We cannot be a church that shows up on Sunday mornings and just, ah, 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 just dump it in. I'm hungry. We can't just be a church that lives like that because all we're doing is worried about ourselves and making sure I get plenty to eat. At some point in time, we got to get out the nest and go start feeding others. It's called discipleship. It's called disciple making. It's actually what Jesus, kind of his last words before he went verse. go make disciples. Well, how do I make disciples? The same way the people have been pouring and investing into you your entire life. How do I be an example of God's faithfulness? Point to God's faithfulness in the areas of your life that have gotten you to where you are now so that others may see, so that others may thrive off of that. What God has accomplished in your life live that out. Proclaim it. Senior adults, don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Don't be afraid to talk about failure. Don't be afraid to talk about the things that are maybe sometimes challenging to talk about. Because in doing so, you're providing the example of what it looked like when you used your faith to get you through those times. A lot of senior adults, not everybody, but a lot of senior adults are grandparents. I can speak for at least one, but they have a number of parents in this room that are struggling, and we don't even have grand in front of our name. If you're so good at it and earned the title of grand, teach me how. Show me. Ask my kids. I need all the help I can get at learning how to be a good parent. I can grow from your experiences, but guess what? In doing so, you might have to say something that's not exactly uh, paints you in a positive light. But if it's something that God used in your life, then share that. Provide the example of God's faithfulness, even if it exploits our lack of faithfulness in it. I, for one, don't want to see my kids make the same mistakes I made. So in order for them to do that, guess what I'm going to have to do? I'm going to have to talk about my mistakes and make sure they know the pitfalls, that if they're not careful, what they'll fall into. Senior adults, we need you to be that example of God's faithfulness. They can't be afraid. You know what? Shameless plug. Tonight we're having our ministry celebration night. Six o'clock, upper room, free ice cream sundays. <clears throat> tonight we have three testimonies. Three people are going to get up and share about what God's doing in their life through the ministries of this church. I'm so thankful for them. I'm excited about it. I can't wait. But you know what? We could use a fourth because the three that are sharing, none of them are senior adults. Boy, I sure would love to have a senior adult and all their wisdom and generosity share something that God has done in their life through the ministries of this church. And if you'd like to be a senior adult that says, you know what, I can share my testimony tonight. I can be an example of God's faithfulness tonight. It can be two minutes, that's fine. Just, I'll be in the foyer afterwards. Just say, hey, I'll speak tonight. Our church would grow greatly and benefit from it. How to be an example of God's faithfulness? It's talk about our past. Talk about what God has done. Show us what God has been to you. Second thing we need our senior adults to do, at Westmead Baptist Church, one, be an example of God's faithfulness. Number two, demonstrate your faith. Demonstrate your faith. And we're going to look at verse 15 when we see this laid out. As he's addressing this church, he says, So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm. Hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you. Some of your translations might say hold fast to the traditions we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. Whether your scripture says teachings, whether it says traditions, I want you to understand the concept is to hold fast, to stand firm to the body of truth that's been handed down to you. And see, this is where we get so tripped up in the church, capital C, in the church today. This is where we tend to draw lines because we have generational gaps and I would be willing to say this if you're a guest of ours thanks for being here but secondly I'll be honest with you our generational gaps they're not as obvious to some as you might think but we're still not there yet. But this idea, this generational gaps, this idea of traditions and teachings that are passed down, we get a a little too sensitive when we draw a line and say, well, we're not going to do it the way you do it. Y'all need to do it the way we do it. Because all we end up with was a bunch of lines drawn in the sand and everybody yelling at each other. And guess what? Kingdom's not being built when we do that. We've got to get outside of ourselves. And let me just say this. If you're not a senior adult, we would be of great wisdom to listen and learn from our senior adults as to how it used to be done but senior adults, you would gain great wisdom and learn a lot to listen to the younger generation to see what they're doing now. Now hear me when I say this, when I talk about what we're doing, we're not changing the gospel. We're not changing the proclamation of God's word. We're not compromising when it comes to that. There's no reason that we need to do church differently. Because it's been established since, you know, Jesus, uh, and when Paul started planting all these churches, we're not doing it wrong unless we're not communicating the gospel. So when I say what we're doing, I'm not talking about scripture and preaching and proclaiming and worshiping God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, nor proclaiming Jesus as Lord and recognizing the gospel as sovereign truth. What I'm talking about is is we got getting onto these teachings and traditions that that were passed down to us. And here's what we could use. Senior adults, this is how we want you to demonstrate your faith. As we learn from you, as you pass these teachings down, as you pass these traditions down to us, we hear you when you say that. This is what my generation wants. We want to know why. We want to see the value in what you're passing down to us. And we're not we're not talking about programs. We're not talking about things that have happened in our past and things we should be doing on Wednesday nights. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about as we grow together in the church, there's a lot of people, me included, I might be leading the way because they've given me a microphone. I'm still trying to figure out what in the world this looks like. So one of the great ways I'm going to learn is to see our senior adults demonstrating their faith who are standing firm, who are holding fast, to the teachings that were passed down to you, the traditions that were passed down to you, the effective methods that you were taught in communicating the gospel. I love sitting down and I've had conversation. Out of conversation, one of the most effective people I've ever been around that can communicate the gospel as a senior adult because the way they've always done it is, is absolutely an effective way, and I'm going to go with it. But we can't be married to those, what do they say, that's the seven last words of a church, we've never done it this way before. We have to be open to moving forward with what God calls us to. But the only way to move forward is to stand on what we've been handed. So senior adults, we need you to demonstrate your faith in holding us to this standard, to standing firm in the truth of God's word, to holding fast to the teachings that you're passing down to us. But tell us why. Show us the value and why it makes so much sense. Not that we're the rebellious crossing our arms like, well, tell us why. No, we want to know value. And look around our world Senior adults, young adults, students, whatever category you want to put yourself in based on a number, look around our world. Is the truth not saturated and watered down full of lies? So when it comes to standing firm and holding to the truth and the traditions that are passed down, we need somebody to remind us of what the truth really is. We need somebody to show us the truth that you've built your life around and you have not been wavered yet. So we need you to be a faithful example. We need you to demonstrate your truth. That's the present. A faithful example is talking about kind of what God's done in your life. Demonstrating the truth is living that out now, holding to it, communicating value, showing us how to do it and why to do it. Third thing we need our senior adults to do at Westmead, remind those who are following you of God's presence. Remind those who are following after you, remind them of God's presence. Remind them of God's presence. Look what, look what Paul writes here in verses 16 and 17. May the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, may Jesus, may the Lord, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Paul wrote that those verbs are present tense verbs reminding them of the presence of the Lord that is comforting them, that is strengthening them, that is encouraging them. It is the hope in which we continue to move forward. It is our promise that we continue to move forward of the glory of God. He's reminding them of the presence of God. He's reminding us in verse 16 to be strong in our truth, be strong in our walk, be strong in the presence of God. In order to be strong in the presence of God, in order to remember about the presence of God, we need to be standing on one thing and one thing alone, the word of God. If we are going to remember of the presence of God, then we need to listen to the words of God. And it's easy to say, well, that's the Bible. It was written a long time ago. Then why is it still speaking to us now? Because God's word is alive. It does not return void. It is to be glorified because it is reflection of the Father. It is his words. We should celebrate what God is telling us in his word. And in doing so, we're reminded that never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the earth. We're reminded of God's presence. I guess I don't have any statistics to share with you, but I don't think it would be shocking for us to stop and consider the amount of rates that are going up in this world today. Whether it's abortion rates, whether it's suicide rates, whatever it is, we see rates going up of people reacting to what life has dealt them. And when you start doing the research, again, I apologize for not having statistics, but when you start doing the research, there's a common theme I don't want to be a parent alone. Their note said they felt so alone. The divorce happened because they were lonely in their marriage. We see this alone, 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 alone. Senior adults, please remind us of the presence of God. Please speak into my generation, the generation behind me, the generation of these students, and say, it doesn't matter what you're going through. What matters is that God is with you, and it matters to him that you're going through it. And what's more important is he's going through it with you. Remind us of the presence of God. Be an example of God's faithfulness in the past. Demonstrate your faith. Live in the present Remind those that follow of God's presence. We're looking towards the future. And then the last thing we need our senior adults to do is this. You ready? Don't quit. You're not done yet. Senior adults, you're not done yet. Don't quit. I'm not not accusing you of quitting. I'm asking you. This church needs you to not quit. We need you. It would be easy that you can be defined by your age, which you're not for the record, it would be easy to sit back and say well you know what, I'm so and so years old, I've been doing this a long time, yes you have but that's not a reason to sit back and relax on the accomplishments of the past and I get it, Proverbs 16:31 says this, a gray head is a crown of glory, it is found in the way of the righteous, you can write, y'all can quote that today at lunch, somebody starts sassing you, hey a gray head, this is the Lord's word, you need to pay attention, a gray head is a crown of righteousness, alright crown of glory, I get it But here's the truth according to the word I read. Until God calls us home, we're not done yet. And it doesn't matter how old or how young you are. If, If God, if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, there's still work to be done. Didn't I already tell you that's what Paul was writing about throughout his letters? There's still work to be done in the church. There's still something to accomplish. There's still work to be done for every single person. It's not time to give up. It's not time to call it in. It's not time to sit back and relax maybe senior adults, maybe you can't do it like you used to could do it. You know, I'm not saying everybody is over the age of this. You need to get with Terrence and sign up to be a chaperone. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you need to go be Miss Millie and go teach first grade or third grade. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you this. It's not too late. You make such a huge difference in our church. And what I love about it is that senior adults are probably the most creative people in all of the church. You just don't give yourself any credit for it because you've taken on this cloak of humility as a compliment. Making sure y'all got that. But I've seen senior adults make the biggest difference in teenagers, in children's, in young families' lives. Because they pray for them. I'll never forget one youth trip I went on years ago. I was handed an envelope, one of those big eight and a half by eleven manila envelopes by a senior adult Sunday school class the Sunday before we left. They said, open this when you get on the bus. I got on the bus and I dumped it out. And there was the names of every student on that trip. And a senior adult Sunday school class wrote a personal note, not, we the class, thank you, and we're excited for you, we're praying for you, signed, the, 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 the the class. No, a person in that class got a student's name and took it a week before we left and started praying. And then on that note, they wrote everything they prayed for that student for the week at camp. Can I tell you the difference it made in our whole trip that it started off by students knowing that senior adults didn't just pray for them, they reached out for them and loved them by letting them know. That's impact. That's, in some books, that might be even greater than a first grade Sunday school teacher. Sure, maybe you can't do it like you used to could. I'm not saying that you all need to sign up for the pre-K group at VBS. I'm not saying that. But there's still work to be done. Retirement's wonderful. So I've heard. Retirement's great. But you know what? I'll read this scripture. There's no retirement plan for the church. There's no retirement plan for the Christian. There's no retirement plan for the disciple maker. God will determine our retirement. And if we trust in him, this glory that he's waiting for us, the future that he has planned, That's when we get to retire. That's when we get to sit back and enjoy in his presence. But until that day, we have work to do. We can't retire from the church. This afternoon, I'm going to speak at Country Cottage. It's at 2.30 if anybody wants to come hang out. You know what I hear every month when I get to go share with those incredible people? They lament that they're unable to be in church anymore. They talk about the areas that they used to serve I got two ladies, both were married. One of them, her dad was a a minister. One of them was married to a minister. And you sit down with them, and they just tell you about the wonderful times and experiences they had serving in the church, watching their dad, watching their husband serve the Lord. They long to be sitting in a pew where they could get up and serve. Church, we're not done yet. Senior adults, don't quit. It's not over. What we can learn from this chapter three, if we keep looking is that this thing that Paul starts talking about in these verses is prayer. He points us and reminds us that prayer is a two-way street. Look what he says here. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us. And then verse one and two, he talks about how they could be praying for him. And then look what he does here. Verse three and four, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you. He will protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and we'll continue to do things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love into God Christ's perseverance he's reminding the church that prayer is important prayer is a necessity that when we're talking about don't quitting you know senior adults have this stereotype of being the prayer warriors of the church and i'm not going to argue with it i think it's great i know there are senior adults in this church that pray for me that pray for our church that pray for our staff pray for our students pray for our church they are prayer warriors and i love it were they prayer warriors their whole life probably maybe maybe not but all throughout the history of the church, the senior adults have been known as the prayer warriors. Let me ask you this. Senior adults, look at how Paul is asking for prayer here. He has two prayer requests. One, he prayed uh, for the church. He was praying for their ongoing spiritual productivity. In relation to his thing, when he was talking about uh, pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people. You know, Paul didn't say, pray that they no longer exist. Paul doesn't say, hey, pray that God wipes them off the face Pray that we'll be delivered from them because we know we're going to encounter them. Here's how you can be praying, senior adults. Pray for the people of this church and for their ongoing spiritual productivity. Not that God would preserve them from burdens and stress, but that they would recognize God's presence in leading them through the burdens and stress. The same way God led you through it. But church, this is not just for us to sit back and Listen to what the senior adults will be encouraged to do. Church, are we praying for our senior adults? Because church, this is how I challenge you to pray for our, our senior adults. Are you praying for their ongoing spiritual growth the way Paul is praying for this church's ongoing spiritual growth? And it's easy senior adults to be like, you know what, I don't know if I'm going to Until the day we see Jesus face to face, we're not done. There's still something we can learn, something we can do, something more we can become in the image of Christ to look more like him and less like us. We are going to be praying for our senior adults for your ongoing spiritual growth. I'm so thankful for our senior adults. And God, church, senior adults, these are just four little things that we really need you to do in our church. To be an example of God's faithfulness. To demonstrate your faith, to remind those that are following after you of God's presence and to not quit, to not give up. We're looking at you, we're counting on you, we're still learning from you. My question to you today, senior adult if we're still learning from you and we still desire to learn from you, are you still teaching? Are you still showing the way? Are you still going forward and giving us something to follow? Because we're right behind you. Please don't let us stand still. Show us how. Show us Jesus. And let's give God glory for what he's doing in ourselves and in each other. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege we have in this church of fellowshipping and worshipping with senior adults. I thank you for how you're leading us. I thank you for how you're You're doing great things, God. I thank you how you've brought us great distances, God. From a congregation that was meeting in a living room to this incredible facility we're in now that we can magnify the name of the Lord greater than our own. And God, right now, I pray for our senior adults. I pray, Father, that you would reinvigorate them with a desire to grow in you. God, remind them of the things you have brought them through in your faithfulness. And then open their eyes to see that people in this congregation are going through the same things. That you could use them. You would use them to communicate the truth of the Lord in difficult situations in families and in individuals' lives. And God, give them the boldness to live that out. The confidence of our hope and glory because of what you have done. So the least we could do is respond with letting people know of your love. God, their demonstration of faithfulness as they walk daily that they're setting footprints for us to follow after, God. They're showing us how. And it's not just for our generation. It's for generations to follow that we will one day say, God, you are glorified through what you've done to the people that have gone before us. So, Father, today, may we take courage and the privilege of knowing you as Savior. And, God, if there is someone here that this whole talk of faith, this whole talk of the glory of God and the gospel of Christ, if it doesn't make sense to them, Father, that they don't understand that in our fallen nature, God, we are separated from you, but, God, you sent your son Jesus so that we may once again have fellowship with you because you forgave our sins because they were all cast on him. And God if there are people here that are confused by that, and Father, may they not leave this room until they talk to somebody about it. God, I'm, I'll be down here if they want to speak to me, but God, may they have the confidence of turning to somebody nearby them, a senior adult even, that they know lives their faith. God today, you're calling all of us to take a step forward in our faithfulness, of living for you. May we respond in obedience for your glory. Trusting you with everything that is to come. So, God, even now in our time of response, may you be uplifted high. May you be magnified and glorified by how we obey you during this time. In your name we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand as we sing. Just as I am.